socks bright enough, Sam. They're just like you. <laughs> bright and ugly. <laughs> I'm joking. That was harsh. <laughs> You're beautiful. And so are your socks. And I've got the longer beard and the better beard because <laughs> I have trimmed mine. I haven't fucking trimmed You've trimmed it. You've no. trimmed, you have trimmed Stop it. Stop trying to cheat your way out of this task. I wouldn't trim it because I want the longest beard by the end of this as well. Although I really want to trim it. I hate this challenge. I hate it, Jack. I hate it. Yeah, I mean, it's fucking horrible, isn't it? It itches. I can't stand it. It itches and it, and there's no way of, at this yeah. stage of making it look good. I had to justify it to uh, my one of my top governors the other day. Because um, he said, he said, Jack, he said, uh, you start to look like a bit of a homeless man. <laughs> and I said, Gov, I said, tell me now, I said, this is only going to get worse. <laughs> <laughs> he looked at me like all oh, like puzzled and bullet. I said, it's only going to get worse. <laughs> I said, I've got to grow this until Christmas. <laughs> I said, so it's just, you're just going to have to get used to it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I said, if you've got any visitors coming in who need escort and don't pick me. <laughs> um, Do you know what you look like? What? You look like um, you should have an axe axe yeah and be chopping trees down <laughs> you don't you look like a lumberjack lumberjack lumberjack, lumberjack. <laughs> hi Sam hi Jack how you doing I'm alright mate yeah I had a bit of a bit of a mad couple of days it's just well not mad but well yeah it was I'm sweating look at me can you make your mind up please yeah well, well uh, let me tell you the story number one it's very warm in here yeah you've I've got been cooking you've yeah. been cooking yeah I've been cooking you've got candles burning I've got candles going it smells nice except for the aroma but you look like shit thanks mate <laughs> <laughs> last night well let me go back remember I had the car problems yes um, oh Christ yeah, I, yeah. I had three That's different things go wrong with the window wipers of all hell, things hell of a saga this yeah I had three different things go wrong with uh, well the window wipers three different people said it was a different part mm -hmm. spent a fortune on window wipers no man should ever spend that much money on window wipers <laughs> anyway got them fixed and then the electrics went out on the car so and it was going to cost me another 180 quid wow. and, uh, and I thought I'm spending more money here than what I spent on the car so I got a new car um, Gary my sponsor who done an episode if you go back and listen to that so seven or eight maybe I don't know go and look <laughs> check them all out way there I mean, we've got so many now. <laughs> yeah, I, know. <laughs> I know but he, he sorted me out a car bless him a seven seater the kids love it and that okay I'm driving back from Colchester that there was something wrong with the wheel and that spring how did you tell how did you tell uh, the something. noise it was making <laughs> Lovely. yeah it's always yeah. good and and um, the beep of the sensor was going off on, on the. It, well, I was plugged in, but it, it do, doesn't recognise I'm plugged in. So all the way back from cold it was going beep beep beep. Oh, it's doing anything, but can't be ungrateful. <laughs> but the car, took it? it to the garage, and the bloke was like, "They always say this. Um, oh yeah, I've just done one. I didn't even look at it. I know what that is. It's the spring. But I, I, <laughs> um, I've just done one of them. They're quite expensive, them parts. So I thought, how convenient. Without <laughs> <laughs> even looking at yeah. it, deemed it very expensive. Yeah. yeah. So he said um, it was going to be about three hundred quid. Run Gary up, and Gary said, "Now bring it up. My my mum could do with a seven seater this weekend anyway. Mm -hmm. Bring it up because I went to my meeting in Colchester last night." And um, I'll sort you out another car to take back home. My mum will borrow that, I'll get it fixed. My mum will borrow it and we'll swap it back over Sunday. I thought, great. Uh -huh. Went up there, got stuck in traffic, and I was trying to get up there nice and early because we had the meeting. Mm -hmm. I had um, someone in the car here and a newcomer behind me. 
And um, we finally got out of the traffic, so it was a bit of a rush around. Um, Gary was going to give me a van, but it was a two-seater. I had a newbie in the back, so there was three of us. So we had to rush around getting a, a different car. <laughs> got the car. It was out of fuel. So I was trying to find... And I'm in Colchester in a different end to where my meeting normally is, so I didn't yeah. know where I was. Panicking, like trying to find the thing. Got to a petrol station just in the nick of time because it was starting to die. <laughs> yeah. Got The door wouldn't open, by the way, with this new car. Really? So I was having yeah. to climb out the window to fill just the gas up. Yeah. <laughs> We got to the meeting, we were about 10 minutes late, and I, I'm late to everything, but I hate being late to them, because well, I know it puts this talker off and that. Yeah, absolutely. But we was anyway, it was out of my control. Stuck 30 quid in it. I was driving home, and it was saying I was running out of diesel again. I thought, that must be the gauge, I can't be right. So I got Steve, uh, got the bloke who was next to me home, <laughs> um, got the bloke in the back home, and I got just outside my flat here, and it just completely conked out, and it was, wasn't working. I don't know if it's fuel or whatnot. So two kind strangers had to come and help me push it into the side of the road. <laughs> um, so where are you at now with your car situation? Well, then, then I, I put the car on the side of the road and got to my flat and thought I'd ring Gary and let him know. Mm -hmm. Got to my flat, my kit, my door keys were in the other vehicle left in Colchester. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, so I had to wake my poor old neighbour up and then I... I rung Gary, he come down and picked me up today to take me up to sort of uh, get a van, so I know what a van. But I went to do the dip this morning, mm -hmm. and I was trying to get hold of Gary, cause, so I'm just doing the dip because I was a newcomer to come down, shut the door behind me, locked out again. <laughs> so, I, after this podcast, I'm going to the shop to get some chocolates and some flowers for my neighbour, and I'm going to put them on her door and apologise for waking her up yeah. in, the, in the evening last night and in the morning this morning. Uh, bless her up but yeah it was quite hectic so it started my day off on I mean that also I mean to be honest with you mate I mean I've well I've talked about my car problems I had at the end of last year mm. it's stressful it's really yeah. crap and I, I'm not a car person so anytime something goes wrong I just I just want something that works yeah. and I get about in and yeah. that's all I want because you had that didn't you you rung me and you were stuck on the side oh. of the road you were there for hours as well yeah I did I had 8 hours on the side of the road yeah. um, fortunately I mean I was persistent with getting it um, going through the complaints and, and getting it all done and, and getting it done properly and I ended up getting some compensation back for, mm. for, for that day but um, yeah, it's a disaster I, I just find anything like that just adds stress and unneeded anxiety to your day. Yeah. Which that was. Do you know what though? That was stressful last night. But reflecting on it today and and yesterday, I was a lot less stressed than what I normally would be. Yeah. yeah. And I and I think that might be a lot to do with how far I've come, obviously. But okay. taking yeah. caffeine out of my diet, I've still yeah. not had a coffee since we last spoke, and, really? and I feel so much better for it. Wow. Yeah. It, it's unfortunate because I did love a coffee, but. The same with anything I love, I completely abuse it, yeah. <laughs> and then I spoil it for myself because I can't have it anymore. <laughs> but mm. it's the same with any stimulant like well, what, what's drugs. Drinking right there, sir. This is kombucha. We get, might explain my slight high now. You get on the old booch. Are you, you, you introduced me to this. Did I? I? Was I, it from me? Yeah, I absolutely love the stuff. Oh, wow. this is no sugar though, and it's is it? This isn't caffeine, is it? Nope. This is um, it's a live culture drink. But I think there might be a little. Because it's as, as, as a basically that's like a it's like a kind of green tea, like a fermented green tea. Yeah. 
Oh, you, well, you always feel good after you've done it, and I think they're actually quite healthy. Yeah, they're brilliant. Yeah. They're, 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 they're good for you. And um, as an alternative to fizzy drinks that doesn't have all the, the bad stuff that yeah. fizzy drinks do. Well, it's, it's natural. It's a natural. Yeah. yeah, well, this was meant to be an intro, but perhaps we'll <coughs> just do our own little episode and carry on talking. Because yeah. um, I've always struggled with the fact, the thought of having a non alcoholic drink, but I've always wanted an alternative going out. It's like you. When you when I'm in and everything, I don't just want to drink. Um, when I'm in, I, just, I can just drink water, I'm fine. Yeah. But when I'm out and about and you're feeling a bit sophisticated, you, I'd like a different option. But, but the, the non-alcoholic drinks scare the life out of me. Mm-hmm. I just think they'd be a massive trigger for me. But I, I know some people get on with them and that. A lot of places are stocking that now. Stopping this? Stocking. Stocking, yeah. Yeah, it is. It's, um, it's coming about, and I just think this sat in the pub in the summer. I mean, say me and you went out for the day or something, sat in a beer garden, I could quite easily sit yep. there and drink one of these. And yeah, and do you, yeah. Do you know what, mate? I'm fly, I've been flying the flag for a long time for kombucha. I took mm. flack in the early days because mm. that was a new thing on the market. Not a lot of people were drinking it or knew what it was. Yeah, I was flying the flag saying, Yep, this you, stuff is. Some might even say you're Mr. Kombucha. Well, I think it could be one of many nicknames added to the list. Um, Mr. Kombucha. Um, yeah, no, I've been drinking that for a long time. And um, I took, like I said, I took a lot of grief early days. Mm. People mocked me for drinking something stupid, is what they'd say. <laughs> it's a stupid drink you're drinking. It wasn't me that said that, was it? Uh, it might be. Um, <laughs> But yeah, no, it's great. It's great. I would recommend it as, a, as an alternative for people, especially people who are dr- addicted to like energy drinks and um, caffeinated drinks and that sort of thing. Um, I know a few. I've worked with a few. You disgusting specimens who, <laughs> who live on diets of energy drinks and cigarettes. I do not salute you. Yeah. Um, God, that's mad, isn't it? It I, is mad, I used yeah. to drink Red Bull and, and I remember at one of my jobs once, I brought and this is when things were cheaper. But I bought twenty fags mm-hmm. and a packet of four Red Bull. Yeah. And my manager said to me, "You're an idiot," <laughs> and and I had to agree. But she said, "For two, if I said to you, come in for two hours and I'll give you four Red Bulls and a packet of cigarettes, you wouldn't do it, would you?" And I was like, Absolutely "No." Not. And she was like, "Well, why have you just spent two hours?" <laughs> in other news, moving on. In other news, um, spoke to Harry yesterday who we done the podcast with last yeah top lad yeah great bloke um hi harry hi harry <laughs> yeah um he, well, i'm gonna get him back on in a couple of weeks uh he he mentioned to us when he done the last podcast that he still sometimes had the negative thoughts mm-hmm. in the morning and everything setting a challenge and he's, he's is he doing it he's been doing it every single day fantastic and, and he's he said well, maybe leave it for a little bit longer yeah he's about to start ramadan yeah definitely. ramadan starts this week yeah yeah definitely. Um, yeah yeah, well, yeah it's in the future anyway but he's yeah. going to come and do the dip i'm doing the one-on-one dip with him yeah um, in a couple of days good yeah and then uh, yeah, that's another thing if anyone's listening and i love going down and being part of the community mm-hmm. but i'm also very aware that some people don't um don't like big crowds and, yes, that, and that's the a good thing with mental health yeah so i have been doing one-on-one dips with people a bit mm-hmm. further up the beach and i quite enjoy that as well for myself it, i get a lot out of it as well yeah so if anyone's struggling and they don't want to join a big crowd come and do a couple of one-on-one dips and i, I promise once people start doing the cold water they'll get confidence to join in with the rest anyway yeah. but harry just from doing this this short amount of time with the cold showers he's noticed a massive difference and, he, yeah. and he's going to continue doing it fantastic yeah it's good he's, i mean he's, he's a great lad and he's got a real positive spin yeah on life considering 
you know, where his thought processes have gone mm. previously. So, um, yeah, no, all, all the best to him. I yeah. really hope it benefits. shows just what it just changing one thing how drastic that yeah, it's just changing one thing in your morning routine, mm-hmm. how drastic that can be to you and have an impact on your life is yeah. incredible. Yeah. And you think what once you go off momentum and change one thing, mm-hmm. start changing others, and even you're still learning. I, ch- I, I put my morning routine down to a T now, and it's really been best beneficial for my mental health. But I never once thought about changing my, my evening routine, and now I started changing mm-hmm. a couple of things to that as well. My life's even improving even more, yeah. So every yeah. day's a learning curve, totally agree with you, mate. And um, yeah, that's. Uh, Basic principles, isn't it? Get yeah. your morning routine right. Absolutely. Absolutely, mate. What else should we talk about? Because we started an episode now. <laughs> well, we kind of have. We've got a bit of time, though. Um, who have we got coming on the show today? Today, we've got Kay coming on the show. Kay. That, uh, and who's Kay? She's in the fellowship that I go to in, in Colchester. And she's amazing. Yeah. You're going to be very inspired. Okay. Yeah, she's great. She's got a great story in that. I don't want to say too much um, because we haven't spoke to her about okay. what we're going to talk about. Yet. So, um, so it's a, a life of addiction? Yeah, yeah, it's to do with addiction and stuff. Um, yeah, to be honest, mate, I should have really spoke to her first to see what... I think she's a bit of an open book like myself. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I've got to wear glasses. <laughs> wow, that come out of nowhere. Yeah, it did. You've got to wear glasses. I went and got my eyes tested today. Do you know what they call glasses up in uh, the North East? Specs. Geps. Geps. Why? Put your geps on. Geps. I've got to put my geps on. Yeah. Creps. Creps and geps. And geps. Creps and geps. Yeah, I went in and got my eyes tested. I've been having, like, um, headaches. And this eyes just felt really strained the last few days. You had an eye test? So I booked an eye test in, yeah. in, in true hypochondriac style, I thought I had a brain tumour, so I was getting ready yeah. to say my goodbyes to everyone. 100%. And yeah. booked an eye test, because they can check for all that now, and um, went in this morning, and then everything was all clear, which I was thrilled about. <laughs> Funny enough, but they yeah. Did say, they did say that um, this eye's straining, because when I, uh, it's, it's getting stressed out when I have to concentrate on something, mm-hmm. really, like you, or, or the TV. Oh. <laughs> no, the TV, or... Probably my phone because I am highly addicted to my device. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so I've got to wear glasses when I'm driving at night, watching TV or, or reading. Yeah, I don't really do a lot of reading, but oh. I'll put them on when I put the audio book on. <laughs> well, it's not a bad thing, mate. It's no, just apart a, from part of life. As, um, apart from I have no fashion sense. I don't think, Jack. So right. I have to mirror other people's. <laughs> like, with gla- I put about fifteen pairs of glasses on today, and I looked a twat in all of them. <laughs> like an asshole with glasses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They didn't suit me. I don't know if it's all there. So maybe you can come with me. I can't, mate. Genuinely, genuinely. Actually, just... I've made the wrong choice. No, you made the best choice. Um, it's going to be fantastic. Let's make a date of it. Yeah. All right. Well, next week we'll go into Specsavers and we'll get me. Let's do it. A pair of. Gips, 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 potato potato. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, speaking of the northeast, I had a beautiful time up in the northeast yeah. for a whole week. Beautiful, it looked good, mate. Um, yeah, we've done three days in the Lake District, um, and that was exactly what I needed. I felt like I'd just got to a point where I needed a bit of a break and to separate myself from reality and work mm. and, and everything, and to be able to escape 
into an area of the country like that. That's just mm. what I needed, mate. That's just so stunning, peaceful, quiet. The air seems cleaner. Um, and that's just that's the best. So it looked amazing, mate. It looked really good. Yeah, we done mm. uh, we done Great Gable, um, which I think is the I say the fifth highest peak in, in England. Um, and that's right. That's literally right next door to Scarfell Pike so that's where we're right. going next yeah that's uh, also that's within the same area so you, you sent me some dates and I said no because this car's going to cost a fortune yeah, it's not going to cost me as much now so we might be able to do it we'll, we'll talk about it but you mugged me off I didn't mug you off you did alright <laughs> but, yeah, but that's look. going to be me and you yeah me and you hiking up that mountain yeah and reaching the top and then when we go to Wales in the summertime, I think we're going to go with Robin that again. Yeah, do so. Yes, yeah, so the three highest peaks. Yeah, yeah. twenty-four months. You've done it in twenty-four hours. <laughs> Twice. <laughs> so, as always, like and subscribe. YouTube, right. Spotify, Dare Talk. Um, I am Jackie Boy Shep. On Instagram, Sam is dare underscore two underscore dip uh, because I can say it first time, but he can't ever. Um, YouTube, Spotify, uh, dare to dip Facebook group, ask to join, fantastic bunch of people. Um, every day, so weekdays half six, weekends half seven, um, right down by Felixstowe Pier in lovely Felixstowe. Um, there is a fantastic group of people that goes and does um, a dip every morning in the North Sea. Uh, 10 minutes in the cold water to start your day is the best way to start your day. There's a whole back catalogue of episodes. This will be episode 48, I want to say. Um, so, yeah, you've got 40 odd episodes of fantastic guests that we've had previously to uh, go back and listen to. Um, enjoy the episode with Kay. And and also I get I've always got throughout like my life or since of poor mental health or addiction like oh my god you you'd never know it mm. you know because I always manage to put on this yeah uh, right, facade and I think it would be really nice for other people that are walking around like pretending to be the okay or just pretending to be someone that they're not to yeah. know like. I did that too, and it's really easy to convince people that you're fine, but yeah. you can be just dying inside. Yeah, you know? definitely. And there's definitely. so many people doing that, isn't there? Absolutely, yeah. And I think your your story is important because I've heard you inside the rooms and everything, and and just the way you you say it, and that is so inspirational that <laughs> I really? think a wider audience would benefit from it. You know, right. so that's why I asked you to come on. And thought it'd be be good for you and we've already started anyway yeah <laughs> so, oh. we won't say anything continue continue yeah. okay well uh, well i was thinking about because it's more this is like less anonymous than the fellowship that i'm yeah. in and um, there are certain things that i probably wouldn't talk about out of respect to like yeah. family members yeah. um this this is an opportunity. This is just an opportunity for you to tell your story in the way you want it to. Uh, <laughs> I've been listening to your podcast actually. I really oh, enjoyed them. Yeah. yeah, I um, it was funny because I was thinking on the way up here, as you do. This is the complete ego 
um, orientated thing of like what I'm going to say certain mm. things and I was sort of going back in my head over like some really painful times and how that was on my family and one of your podcasts there was a lady that spoke about the different perspective of addiction mm. she lost her partner mm. um, and that was so painful to hear even though I know that I put my family through that and I know mm. that they went through obviously thankfully I'm still here but um you know, the pain I put it through, to really hear that raw pain coming from her, mm. how she had still ended up with that empathy mm. and that and, and a different kind of perspective to what she had when she was in it. Mm. That was that was really that was yeah, I really enjoyed listening it's a powerful to Powerful episode. So that, powerful. that was Lucy where yeah. we both we both come out of that uh, episode after we recorded we were a mess both oh, yeah. Yeah. we were just take an hour or so just to get a shit yeah well, I think we had a little break from the podcast yeah we did yeah. Well, didn't we? Yeah. the event I'm doing in July Lucy's coming she's a guest of honour for the for the thing so you'll get a chance to meet her I'm really yeah. excited to meet her <laughs> yeah she's amazing oh, amazing yeah. oh I look forward to that she was just at an event with Callum Best she would just have breakfast with him the other morning yeah, yeah. yeah. wow she, yeah, no, so they were talking is, is he in recovery uh, his dad George I know his dad Best, was yeah. And, and it, yeah, and then he had problems, and now he's he's sort he's sorting out and goes to meetings and and yeah. talks and stuff. Wow. He done really well on um, the celebrity SAS. Show yeah, I didn't well. see that one, but yeah. I heard about it. I'll have to watch that. He done very well on that. Yeah, yeah, he's a likable chappy. Yeah, as you're very likable as well. <laughs> yeah, so getting back to you, do you lots want... of practice <laughs> of uh, yeah, getting wanting people to like me. I think. <laughs> That's a good way to start my story actually, yeah. because that is how I spent my life, mm. just desperate to be liked and loved. And um, my my upbringing wasn't idyllic. Um, there was you know some areas of trauma there. I'm not going to go into it. My mum wasn't always a very well woman she suffered quite badly by mental health and my dad's an addict he was absent for most part but he's an active heroin addict um as we speak and i had a lot of blame i think i don't anymore thankfully because of the fellowship and the work that i've done mm. but i had i was just yeah i was very angry and i was very frightened and i spent my life desperate to find attention like hungry for it in and and it came out in some of the weirdest behaviors so i always wanted people to love me and i wanted people to be looking at me and i wanted to be the center of the universe and i would do anything i could to get attention and some really bizarre things that that i look back now and laugh at like my sister would get nosebleeds um, she used to get really chronic nosebleeds and she'd get a lot of attention from my mum from it and, and I remember desperately wanting to have nosebleeds um, and I was playing out on, on the estate once and, and there was like an overspilled tip and there was a, a dart, you know, that you play darts with on the floor and I picked it up and I, and I poked it in my nose yeah. to give myself a nosebleed and run back and lied to my mum and said I've got this nosebleed and that went on all through primary school. We moved a ton. I went to like 13 different primary schools and I was bullied when I was younger in quite a few of them. Um, but if there was ever a, like a special needs kid or anyone that had something that drew them extra care or extra attention from the teachers, I would mimic it. So I, I, I actually started to mimic a disabled girl who had like a fitted boots foot. She, um, she had like a a disabled leg and she'd have to have one of those boots with the extra bottom and she would limp I just started to walk with a limp and and I did it for months 
you know, to try and convince my mum that I had something wrong with me. And the same with another guy, another boy in a different school who had like nerve damage in his hand from an accident. His fingers were like this. So I started to do that. And yeah, I was always, my mum was always taking me to the doctors for these illnesses that I'd created, that I'd mm. seen someone have, mm. and that would get them attention. And so I, in my warped little brain, I thought if I did that, you know, and I really look at that with like, like such empathy now, having like out the other side, like it, it was something we would laugh at, at like when we'd get together as a family and be like, I was such a drama queen, you know, such a, you know, such, so self-seeking, needing attention. And I would laugh about it, but actually when I think about it, it's, it's, it's really quite sad, you know, I find that quite sad for, for that child. Mm. And I was like that through life. Through every, I was desperate for male attention because really toxic history with men. You know, my father being absent, a lot of my mum's partners were toxic, some violent, you know, and yeah, there was a turnover. Mm-hmm. Men were the enemy. Um, so I was really seeking just like, I was just, I can't explain it any other way. It's like, like, see me, see me, love me, love me, you know, just wanted. And I just would go to any lengths to get that. And then, and sometimes I would manage to get it from, say, a friendship group, because I found quite a good friendship group in, in secondary school. Um, or I might get it from a boyfriend. And then it just like, wasn't enough. I, th- I was convinced, like, when you know, like, you've got like this insatiable thirst, really thirsty. Like, if you've woken up in the middle of the night and you, I don't know if you drink, Jack, but. If you've you know mm. had a real good drink up and you wake up and you're just so fucking thirsty, oh, aren't you? Yeah, like yeah. you could die from yeah. it. Um, and then you have that drink and it's amazing. I had that thirst always, and I, I couldn't make head nor tail of it, you know. But I was just like itching, um, and I couldn't quench it. I just couldn't fucking quench it. You know, I might get the boyfriend or I might get the job, um, but it wouldn't go away. And 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 there were periods where I'd become like quite unwell um, and I couldn't make sense of it and no one around me and I kind of got characterised or not characterised I guess characterised but the the dramatic one I was the drama queen there was always a drama when it came to me and there was there was always a drama when it came to me uh, and I kind of I guess kind of played up to that role a little bit as well kind of became that role um, yeah and I guess that role gave me this like identity identity. So it was kind of a bit bittersweet, you know. I was the drama queen in in a jesty way. So I was like, oh, that's to get me attention. But then, you know, when I was sick, it became a negative thing. Mm. She's been dramatic. Mm. She's been dramatic again. God, there's always a drama with you, you know. So sometimes I could use it to my advantage to get me that attention. But other times, um, yeah, I I, just, I didn't like being that way because when I wasn't feeling well you know it was almost like that wasn't really being taken seriously and then I started to think god am I making this up you know because I have a history of copying you you know I have a history of um yeah wanting attention so it was a really confusing time uh and I found alcohol and alcohol just took that thirst away a bit for me It, it certainly didn't it subsided it um, it wasn't really till I found drugs where it just completely quenched my thirst. What, what age was you when you found the alcohol? 
Well, I've smoking weed from a teenager, yeah. so I, I, I probably started smoking weed at 12, and mm. I was addicted to that from the off. You know, I spent my GCSEs high mm. um, I, when I went to school, didn't really go to school, bumped off a lot, yeah. uh, naughty kids, you know, a lot of fighting, lots of fighting, um, wouldn't go out unless there was weed involved, and then, and so alcohol then as well. Mm. Yeah. So the, the weed started first and then the alcohol progressed after, how, yeah. how, how long did you have a relationship with alcohol before it turned to, to the alcohol drugs? Uh, I had a, like, a reasonably what would be perceived as a normal relationship with alcohol yeah. for that age up until I found cocaine, mm. um, which was around 22, I want to say 22, 23. Mm. Um, yeah, and, I, and and that was when kind of everything changed really. That's like, interesting though, you could, you could put the drink down before you found the, the Yeah, the I mean, you know, I was always the person that never wanted the party to end yeah um and you know i always wanted anything that i did that was social to involve alcohol but by no means had it got a hold of me at that point mm. um uh yeah it was it kind of took away the feelings all of those anxious irritable feelings mm. um but didn't eliminate it completely and i think the combination of alcohol and drugs like literally took me outside of my body yeah. and made every single bit of emotional pain, torment, all the, the noise in my head, all the voices or, or like narrations of everything, gone. Yeah. Like, wow, what a fucking revelation. Yeah. Would you, when you, when you found drink and, and drugs and that, did the, the imitation of other people stop as well then? Did it, you know, you were imitating like... Oh, yeah. oh right, yeah. Well, yeah. That was more when I was a kid. I yeah, think yeah. obviously when I got older, I knew I couldn't get away with that. Yeah, yeah. no one's going <laughs> to believe that I just turned disabled overnight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I got right. a bit wiser to that yeah, day. Yeah. Um, but you know, I just I, I was always a social chameleon. Yeah, I yeah. could adapt to any like if I was with a particularly like articulate. A group of friends I would become more articulate or if I was with people that were more like urban you know yeah. I, I was really good at I could just fit in with anyone yeah. and I, I needed to yeah I can relate to that can yeah. you yeah definitely yeah definitely isn't do you know what isn't it weird though Sam because when you look back and that's all you'd spent your life doing yeah. at, like which point was UK or yeah. which point was you sound? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and oh. it's still something I have to work on daily now. If I'm talking to someone with like a London accent or something, I start speaking London and realise yeah. it, and I have to rein myself back in and notice it's an old behaviour. Yeah, yeah it is. Mean? Yeah, yeah. And when I think about that, I think it's certainly in the last ten months since I've been in recovery, back in recovery. Um, I think it's quite. I feel quite sad. Like I'm 38 in August. Mm and i can look back now in my life especially the way i am and how well i am in these last 10 months and really feel so sad that I, i've never ever been myself mm. i've never been myself i've never felt myself i've never felt like peaceful calm happy do you know what though i think that sometimes but on the other side of that some people go their whole life without realizing who they actually are at least Absolutely. now you're, you're starting me and you're both starting to figure it out and mm -hmm. we're, we're very lucky and blessed for that because there's so many people that either die not knowing themselves or, or go their whole life 
and, and never figure it out. Do you know yeah. What I mean? So yeah, it I is even even I can relate to that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't truly feel like I found who I was until I went through all of my my trauma and my stuff that I went through in my yeah. battles and yeah. going through that hardship that yeah. I really kind of got to the root of of who I am and, and, and what I'm about. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I think. Just I mean, we spoke about it before. You don't always need those rock bottoms. No, exactly. To really find That's yourself, what, but we try and prevent. You try and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You yeah. Do, but, but just listening to you talk about your childhood there and having so much awareness about it now and seeing where you went and and it's only now eighteen months into recovery this time because this is the first time I found the fellowship. But I, before I got sober and everything, but I was still really ill because even though I was two years sobriety, I, I was mentally fucked because I wasn't doing no growing. But it's only literally now having conversations like these that I start to notice when I was younger that I was yeah. always having doing stuff like that and and having these weird thoughts and and over analyzing chest pains and stuff and yeah. and, it was, and, and I never even noticed that before never never even noticed that that is my the reactions to my behaviors today stemming from my childhood yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? and, well. and would we have ever seen it like if we yeah. hadn't have got to like this for me personally like this fellowship and the work that I've done in this kind of spiritual growth mm. well I don't think I would have ever looked back and gone oh my god do you remember that time when you did that that was because of that or that was self-seeking mm. that was I didn't even know like really that a lot of the stuff why, why I was doing it and, I, and I'm only really like looking back at my whole life now yeah. with these new set of eyes going yeah. oh fuck you were fucked yeah. like from quite young yeah I can 100% relate to that and I'm exactly the same with you do you know what I mean it's yeah. crazy and that's why these talks are so powerful because not only are we all getting something from it yeah. the people that are listening will as well and it opens up that new area of thinking and thinking oh right that's why I was like this that's why I'm like that now and, yeah. and then you can move forward and that's where the growth is you know what I mean? yeah and I yeah absolutely and oh, you know like I, although I have moments of sadness for the time wasted I, I I don't think I ever would have got here to the place of peace and calm and serenity and freedom like and I use the word freedom so fiercely mm. like I've never been so free in my life I would never have had this level of spirituality without all of those things and everything that I had to go through or that I put myself through um because I take a lot of responsibility for you know uh, choices that I, I made mm. um yeah I would never be here without it so I I'm sad and so I, I feel sad for that Kay I feel yeah. really gutted for her you know like yeah I, I don't have any compassion for her at all yeah. I while she was already quite a tormented human and I talk about her in a third person because it just doesn't even feel I, like I me do anymore well. I'm so mad this is this pretty <laughs> Yeah. I don't I never had any compassion for her. Yeah. So she was fucked, poor girl. Mm. And and then I tortured her. Like I was just like, you know, you're a drama queen. This is I I, I was so mean to mm. myself. Um yeah, self diagnosed myself with ADHD. And I and yeah. I've also diagnosed about five people in my fellowship yeah. that I'm friends with, yeah. you know, not that yeah, but, but it trip. would make sense, wouldn't it? Yeah. It would and it and the, the, it's got a lot to be answered for, I think. Like um, I, I can't wait to get diagnosed because someone was saying to me, a good friend of me was literally on the phone to me, Dan from Man Up yeah. today, yeah. saying he doesn't think it'd be a good idea for some people to get, um, what was it? 
Diagnosed. Diagnosed. <laughs> it's a big word. That's what I'm Yeah. Have you met Sam? Some people, yeah. if they get diagnosed, then the symptoms become worse after he thought. But, uh, but with me, I've always been searching for something to be labelled. I know I'm a hypochondriac, but I knew there's something else and my brain was working differently. And I yeah. think the diagnosis would be like the thing where I can say, oh, at least it's that. So, so, I'm, so it's almost com 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 Confirmation. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another big word. <laughs> you say that. I, I was diagnosed with two mental illnesses throughout really? in my in my 20s, yeah. And I, I I felt exactly the same. My nan was a paranoid schizophrenic. We've got a lot of mental health. She's mm. a very sick lady. And I wanted an explanation for why I was the way I was. Mm. And when I got my diagnosis, I got, you know, lots of medication and, and stuff. And, and I did feel a bit of a re relief. Um, for, for, for a while but I actually then before the fellowship I, I, I kind of ran with that and I used that mm. um, a lot to allow myself to use because yeah. my BPD my general anxiety disorder it was almost like self-medicating yeah, yeah it was like yeah you know I, well, well, I can't help it because yeah. that's how my brain works yeah, but, yeah. Um, uh, you know an addiction had got hold of me by that point and I just yeah. I needed to I was so sick and I was behaving so badly and I was so selfish and self-centred because I was so consumed with all this pain and confusion yeah. that I needed to give people an explanation mm. as to why I was behaving this way because it was madness to them. Yeah. Complete madness. And I, so all I had was, well, I'm BPD. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but, but to be fair, like, I, I didn't have another answer for them because I didn't fucking know myself, yeah. you know? Yeah, I get that. Yeah, it's mad, isn't it? Yeah, looking back, I'm fucking, I used to research everything. Oh, perhaps it's that, perhaps it's that, yeah. perhaps it's that. And it's an exhausting way to live. I think that's another reason why I want to be labelled as something so I can stop. Stop, 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 My mum got told that I had ADHD when I was a kid, but things were different back then, and she took offence to it. So. Oh, yeah, really? But she, like, she feels bad for it now, but she doesn't have to because she's done more than enough to redeem herself for that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good old mum. Yeah, she's been good. So what's um, the future look like for you then? Um, bright, hopefully. Yeah. You know, I've spent my, I spent my 20s in and out of hospitals, in and out of psychiatric units, done a stint in rehab and mm. just couldn't get well. Um but this is, shift has been completely different. Yeah. You know, I found the fellowship that I'm in now, um, and I've just been able to kind of just like, I, I, this sounds fucking well cheesy, but just really set my soul free from yeah. the pain and misery that I've spent my entire life in, mm. both in and out of addiction. You know, I, I, I was in chronic emotional pain mm. before addi addiction took hold of me. Mm. Um, and I, my life is different, you know, I meditate, I pray, I try to stay active, I help other people. That's what one thing I was going to say, you reach out don't you, and you yeah. help all the other women in the fellowship and yeah. I think both of us have found peace in helping other people, I think that's where the, the, the key is in it to, to getting better is the 12 step. Oh I know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I know you know what I mean, yeah. The fellowship saved my life. Yeah. I've been I've been sober and clean before. I came out of rehab and done just under a year and a half, mm. somewhere between a year and a year and a half, clean and sober. But I was so sick. Yeah. I was white knuckling it, you know, and I, and I was just doing it to get everyone off my back. Mm. And weren't doing it for yourself. No, 
Did, no. did you relapse after re rehab, did you? So I came out of rehab yeah. and then I I stayed clean and sober for about a year and a half and then I, just to convince people I was well enough to be able to drink again. Mm. Um, yeah, and then did that. Everyone was like, she's great, she's cured, she's mm. fixed. And so then I started drinking again and, and mm. then, you know, the onslaught of... How long did that relapse last? Um... It was, yeah, it was kind of manageable, then unmanageable, manageable, then unmanageable. Um, so what would happen is I'd have a massive breakdown and some kind of psychotic breakdown and a rock bottom and then I'd pull my shit together for a while to keep everyone on board. I'm all right, I'm Did all right. Did you find it added pressure to try and convince everyone you were right at the Sucking same time? Hard work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just well hard work. But that went on for like maybe five, six years mm. um, until this time round, which yeah. has been different. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. And that, that's because you're doing your programme, working it right. I have to work it yeah. every day. Mm. And I've had, to, yeah, just, it's just different. I mean, I can't, it just sounds really cheesy. I can't really explain it because it is, there aren't really words to put into, like, I can't articulate the emotional uh, shift and the peace, like, in my mind and the, and the way that I feel. Like, I've never... I've never felt like I fit in this body. Yeah. Like and my you, skin was too tight. And you know it shines I mean? through as well. You can see the people that are reaping the rewards from recovery as well, don't you? And you yeah. Just, when, when you, without sounding too cheesy, but when you walk into the room, you light it up. Do you know what I mean? You're, mm -hmm. you're a massive member to the team up there. And yeah, I do love yeah, it. Yeah, I, lo I love it. I love our little community. It's got. amazing, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it is. Isn't it? And there's people that are, that are looking for the same answers as you are. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. like, that's... Well, I always stress to people because go at it alone and you end up alone again. But when yeah. you go at it with people, you can just. Re I know now if I was if I was sat here in a dark place, I could bell you or someone else. And, yeah. And within five ten minutes, you're back on recovery again. Yeah. Thinking, do you know what I mean? Whereas before, sat here, gone tried to go at it alone and ended up fucking drinking and sniffing myself into an oblivion. Yeah. And all that, all I have to do before was pick up the phone. I know, but we just didn't <laughs> I we did, didn't know. I rung the wrong phone. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I had a drug dealer called Frank. Do you remember that advert? Talking Frank. <laughs> <laughs> it was so confusing. Yeah, but we didn't have a solution and it, you know, it didn't make sense did it, to anyone around you. Mm. you know, my husband and my family and my—I've lost so many friends like yeah. over the years for, for addiction. I've caused so much pain. What do you mean, like lost them? Like they just—you know—it was just too hard. Yeah. You know, people that really, really loved me and they just couldn't—they couldn't watch me do it to mm. myself anymore. And ultimately, I think the guilt and the shame, like of of of, of everything that I put people through, mm. kind of just pushed people away as well. Yeah, have you had to make them tough calls yourself? Because obviously when we go into it and, and you outgrow some people, John, I don't mean that disrespectfully, but yeah. some, some people who I love dearly have got to leave behind. Because, right. Because I can't be around people that are it's still on that journey because yeah. I could be so easily sucked back into it, you know? Yeah. So have you had to make them tough calls and step away from certain individuals? I don't have it any people in my life that use drugs really? anymore yeah. no yeah. um i have my family drink my husband drinks um mm. you know pretty much everyone i know drinks but they're not addicts yeah but i don't have any um anyone near or dear to me that that recreationally use drugs yeah um i know people but i wouldn't i wouldn't ever be spending time with any, yeah. anyone 
mm. you know. So yeah, I guess I have. Mm. But to be fair, like the people that I used to use and have sessions with and stuff, they weren't really ever my friends. They were go-tos because mm. my nearest and dearest, none of them use drugs. Mm. You know, they might be drinkers at best. Um, well, I've got big drinking culture around me, but yeah, I, I had to make new friends mm -hmm. to mm. be able to use with. Yeah, yeah, it's a law of attraction, isn't it? Yeah, you, 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 I always say it, but you, you give in what you, what you give out, and it's no coincidence when you use and taking drugs, you're on the same path as people mm -hmm. doing that. Yeah. And when, when you're when you're trying to get sober, you attract people in your life like this, Belen. Yeah. Did you guys meet? What? How did you meet? On the podcast, he was a guest. Yeah. Yeah. I started. I came down to the dip. That was uh, a few months before you finished, wasn't it? Before yeah. your year-long challenge. And um, yeah, I, 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 I followed him for a long while and thought, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna go down one day, one day, one day, and that dragged on, dragged on. And then one day, I just thought, fuck it, I'll go down there and, and meet him. And um, yeah, we just clicked the first sort of couple mm -hmm. of conversations and. Um, yeah, and then you got me on for the, for the podcast with, yeah. one of, with one of the early guests. I, I, and, um, I had a different co-host at the beginning because I wanted to do... The idea of the podcast at first was to have someone who didn't have any mental health or addiction problems and me, who had all of them. It <laughs> 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 was against both sides of the fence, but the thing is, Jane done a good job, but he wasn't as passionate about it as what, what someone who's been in and amongst it. And Jack yeah had a certain situation uh, and, that. and then he come on and jamie wanted to step away and it was yeah. just perfect timing really so you are not an addict no but you have had mental health struggles yeah 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 yeah, oh. yeah. but that like i say that point in my life that was kind of when i discovered sort of the, who, who i really am and mm. um i've had a few other dips since then but um and then yeah, and then uh, I think where I'm at now. I mean, most I mean, of them in the sea these days. Yeah, most of my most of my dips are. I'm oh, sorry, Siri. Um, yeah, most of my dips are in the sea now, and um, and yeah, I find myself in a lot better place in life now, and I feel yeah. myself a lot more self aware, and. Um, That's it, isn't it? Self awareness. Massively, yeah. The yeah. revelation. Yeah. Mm. Like yeah. it's okay if you're a dick sometimes, but being a, the awareness yeah. that you have been a dick mm -hmm. and to be able to recti rectify or apologise for that, that's the game changer. Yeah. That's, yeah. That, that's that humbleness and, and being able to take criticism, take it on the chin yeah. and then adjust yourself to get it right. And not only self-awareness yeah. as who you are as a person now, it's so important what you were saying about the awareness of how you, your previous selves have been as well. Yeah. Like even yeah. from a child and stuff like that, what you were saying at the beginning, it, like so many people can will be able to relate to that because the self-awareness, how you, you have to look who you are now, but the who you are now stems from your past selves. Yeah. yeah. And there's different versions of the selves. You only have to look at your children to see how many different versions of you there is in your life. You yeah. I mean? mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's very important to, yeah. to go back and yeah. look back, but don't stare. Yeah. <laughs> and the criticism part as well. I, I, I could not take criticism any form. I, mm. My immediate response to criticism was defence. Yes. And I yeah, think yeah. that was because I was so ashamed and I was so critical of my own self. I loathed myself, mm. like, from the core that, like, I couldn't bear to hear someone else say it. Mm. And I could, you, you know, and it was just, a, you know, it would be attack, attack, attack. Yeah. Um, but, I, you know, I'm not... Any criticism that comes my way now, 
it comes from love. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It comes from my fellows or it might mm. come from my sponsor. Or maybe it will come from my mum if I'm having a conversation about my husband or and she'll be like, well, if you thought about it from his perspective. A lot of the time I actually can see other people's perspective now, but I just receive criticism with mm. like, you are obviously saying that because you care about me and you want the best for me. So yeah. rather than go for your jugular, I'm going to mull that over. That's great. Do you know what I mean? I'm going to mull that over and not hate you for how, it. How, how is your relationship with your family and... and all your loved ones <clears throat> changed since you've been in recovery then oh yeah god ama yeah amazing really I uh, my relationship with my mum my mum's you know not a well woman she she suffers with her mental health she had a very traumatic upbringing and um yeah she done her best with what she you know with what she knew how we have a, a really beautiful relationship now um yeah, a, just a really loving and empathetic relationship. And I was just riddled with blame for that woman. Mm. I blamed everything on her and my dad. Um, and I have so much compassion for what she did and what she pulled herself through and went through, you know, mentally, physically, um, and how she did it on her own. You know, and now I, I have just nothing but compassion for her. Mm. Um, yeah, and, and, and everything 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 in my life is manageable. Mm. You know, I, I I'm the most amazing mum, you know, I'm a great friend, I'm reliable, I'm responsible, you know, I'm a, I'm a good wife. I just I love with my heart rather than with words because I, I really I didn't have the capacity mm. to feel feelings, you know, when I was sick, when I was back then I was just riddled with so much pain and guilt and shame and anxiety I, do, I didn't have i wanted to be nice yeah. and i wanted to be kind and i wanted to be thoughtful and wanted to be that really good friend but i just didn't have it in my tank yeah. you know i just didn't have it in my tank and, and now i'm all of them things i'm 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 really kind and i'm empathetic and i'm thoughtful and mm. i have lost a lot of people along the way some of whom i don't know that i will get back you mm. know um because i've caused so much hurt and, and, and carnage and that's fine you know i'll, I'll, I'll make peace with that Mm. Um, some bridges I had start to build and then they're sort of un unbuilt because it's a lot to I'm this new person now and, yeah. and, and some of the relationships that I've lost that I've tried to kind of rebuild I don't really know where to start with them because they, they knew this whole different version of me they didn't really even know me mm. so it's kind of like you have to where do you even start to kind mm. of yeah, they're coming back. They think they're getting their friend back, but actually they're getting this whole new person. Yeah, I'm sure they'll be grateful for that person. Though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You you said as well, like, if you could go back and speak to the younger you. Yeah. You know, I thought that was very powerful, and there'll be people listening to this that are that version of you. I just want you to envision the younger you, what you you would say to her now, and, and to get her out of that. Um... I mean, I guess it depends what age, but uh, like kid me or yeah, well, kid you and then the older you. <laughs> yeah. Sorry to spring that on you. That's fine. <laughs> no, it's a really good question. It's a really difficult one to answer. Mm. Do you know that I'm getting emotional already? I know this is gonna happen. Mm -hmm. I I just wanted to um, I just wanted to be loved mm. and to feel okay like i didn't know why i was always frightened or i was always sad or 
you know, always so anxious. I didn't know why I felt that way. Um, and I guess I was always searching for something to make that better. I don't think there's anything you can say to someone that feels that way um, because you can't give them an answer. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But I guess just reassurance. You, you know, if you have a loved one in your life that is an addict or that is, is sick and they are really upsetting you or hurting you or making you angry or repeatedly doing things that you're like, why the fuck do they keep doing this? Like, it's brutalising everyone. Just know that they are doing that because they are in some kind of pain. Mm. And as much as you probably want to bounce their head off of a wall and you are angry with them, they just need holding, you know, they really just need someone to kind of say, what is wrong? Yeah. You know, what, what, what are you feeling? What are you going through? What, what is causing you to inject that heroin or, you know, to keep robbing that shop or I don't know. Do you know what I mean? There is something under there and, and it, and it's probably pain. Mm. So it's really difficult to give an addict empathy and compassion because honestly, in active addiction, we are dicks mm -hmm. and we are selfish, but um, they're just, you know, they're just people that are scared, mm. that don't, they just don't know why they're scared, mm. you know? And I, and I think if I, if I could go back to Kay, if I could be there for Kay, I would just be that person that just would be like, it's, it's gonna be all right, like, it's okay. I know what you're feeling is real because mm. it was so real to me what I felt it was it was like a tangible pain but it wasn't real to anyone else yeah. and I couldn't put it into words to make it real to them you know so then it it's it became this almost like this thing that I was making up and I think part of me started to convince myself that I was making it up because no one could give me an answer as to why I was feeling that way. Mm. So I just needed to be told that it was going to be all right. But that was that would have been impossible for anyone to, mm. to do because no one knew it was going to be all right. Yeah. That was fucking powerful, wasn't it? I cry all the time. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> well, yeah. thank you for my free therapy session. <laughs> 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 that was so powerful. And I really, really appreciate your time and coming on. Thank you. Just, just to change and then end on more of a happy note, is mm. there any sort of advice you'd give to people sort of maybe going through the same sort of struggles as you, more like uh, positivity or, or anything that you feel would benefit them who are listening now? Yeah. Um, tell people what's going on. You know, stop pretending to be okay. And... and you know, whatever avenue you have to go down or whatever phone, whatever service, whatever fellowship, find other people like you. I have got well because I found a whole bunch of people, a fellowship of people where I don't feel like an elephant in the room. I don't feel like an alien. I found home. I found people that understand me and that think and feel like me. And if you can find your people, you will really truly heal, you know, because you're someone there and you make sense there and they make sense to you and everything becomes authentic and everything, everyone gets held, you know, like everyone gets held in those spaces. So whatever it is that you're suffering with, whether it's mental health, bipolar, schizophrenia, anxiety, addiction, go find your people, you know, go find your people 
that you are at home with that get you. Mm. Love that. Mm. I need to fucking lie down now. <laughs> 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 That's amazing. Thank you very much. I really Thank appreciate you. it.